This morning, I've entitled the message, God's Ultimate Plan and Our Purpose. God's Ultimate Plan and Our Purpose. If you are making notes, I'd encourage you to jot that down. You can turn so long in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. We'll get there in a few moments. So this message is all about understanding God's bigger plan. And I'm going to share something with you around God's bigger plan, which I'm sure you're going to find interesting, something that you maybe didn't quite see in that way before. So it's about looking at God's bigger plan, His ultimate plan, and then also discovering that we have a purpose to fulfill within that plan. So important that we discover these things, discovering God's plan and and then discovering we have a purpose. You're alive for such a time as this. God has you alive and breathing because there is purpose. Where there's life, there is purpose. And if you are breathing today, there is purpose. There is something for you to still fulfill, for you to accomplish. And I truly believe that we can find that special purpose that God has for our lives. I know I've many times sat with people and said, well, John, they said to me, John, I don't really understand my purpose. I don't exactly know where God is taking me. But I want to tell you, if you continue to seek after it, you will find what God has in store for you. You will discover, and we can find our unique place in the world. Please look at Ephesians 1 and verse 7 to 12. It does appear on your screen as well. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. I mean, Just there in that first verse, look at the beauty of that verse. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. This is the good news. According to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Do you see purpose coming through? Now, verse 10 is very important. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Can we just read that again? He might gather together in one All things in Christ. If you haven't underlined that in your Bible, I think you might want to do that. Gather together all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose. Yeah, we have purpose coming out again. The purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. And we say the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now, there are five things that I'd like to touch on with you this morning regarding this. Point number one, there are countless people who have no clear sense 
of purpose. I'm trusting that you are not one of those people today. Or maybe you might be struggling in a sense to discover your purpose and get clarity around that. But if you already have clarity around your purpose, can you think of somebody that you know that doesn't have clarity regarding their purpose or what they are here for? And actually, it's a very sad thing when people do not know the purpose and intent of God for their lives or how God wants to use them in this world because you have gifts, abilities, treasure that God has put within you that need to be released to fulfill God's purpose for your life and to be a blessing to the world around you. You know that today the world's population stands at about 7.4 billion people. Wow, that is a lot of people all over the globe. And I wonder how many of them have a clear sense of purpose in their lives. One would think that there are so many that don't have. You would guess that there are countless people lost in a sea of purposelessness. How many of you would agree there's probably a countless number in a sea of purposelessness? And you see, the enemy seeks to steal and kill and to destroy. We know that through John 10 verse 10. And if he can keep people away from their purpose, or if he can succeed in kind of stealing away people's purpose, or from them getting to that purpose, you know what he accomplishes? He destroys lives. Because there's destruction when there's not purpose being fulfilled. Now, we've been friends as a congregation with Dr. Miles Monroe for many years, and in November 2014, he went to be with the Lord, but there was a particular statement that after his passing became very well known as almost the most well-known statement for which Dr. Miles Monroe would be remembered, and this is it. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. Think about that. It is actually a tragedy. It's not just, ah, well, he didn't get to accomplish what what was intended for his life. No, it's a tragedy. (laughs) The greatest tragedy in life, that's what it is. It's not death, but life without purpose. I'm asking you today, how are you doing in terms of hitting that sweet spot of purpose in your life? God wants you to be operating in that sweet spot. When we have no clear purpose, we are likely to look for it in all the wrong places. The next thing, somebody ends up in an abusive marriage, looking for purpose. They end up in getting into addictive substances that they, they should have never gotten into, but they're trying to find purpose. They're trying to find meaning in life. They end up pursuing new age, spirituality, trying to look for purpose. They end up pursuing things like unwholesome friendships and thinking that maybe through these friendships that they're going to discover something, but they don't discover it there. That only brings harm. Listen to this quote. When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So true. When we look at South Africa, we see a lot of woman abuse, child abuse, domestic violence, things like that. And when there is abuse like that, you've got to know people are not understanding their purpose. And that's why when we begin to understand our purpose, abuse begins to just fall away because we get focused on doing the purpose that God has for our lives. 
When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Now, King Solomon, he was the wisest man. God had given him great wisdom, but prior to him operating in that full wisdom, he had tried in his own strength to find purpose and find meaning in life. And he began to give, him, give himself to anything and everything, trying to find meaning. But in the end, he concluded that the only worthwhile life is one of honor to God and obedience to God. Now, you can go around the same mountain as many times as you want, trying to find purpose and meaning in life. Or you can just say, well, here's this man, Solomon, who tried it all and came to a conclusion. I'm just going to start off with his conclusion. And it's concluded in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, where it says, now... All has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. After trying all my own things, here's the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. Isn't that wisdom? For this is the duty, or you could say the purpose of mankind. When I think of purpose, I also think of Jesus and the fact that he lived a life full of purpose when he was here on earth. He only had essentially about three and a half years of public ministry, but I believe every moment was purpose-filled living. And the scripture says in 1 John 3, verse 8, it's on your screen, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you know what? As you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, I believe God wants you and me to also have a clear sense of purpose. It's in keeping with our leader. It's in keeping with our great rabbi, if I can put it that way, that we too would operate out of a sense of purpose in our lives. Can you say amen? Now, number two, God has an ultimate plan and purpose. This is talking about the bigger picture of what God is wanting to do in humanity. And I believe that in order to discover God's plan for our lives, we first need to begin to look at his ultimate plan for humanity. Only then can we discover our purpose within that plan. It's very important. These two things go together. Many people never discover their purpose because they seek it apart from God's ultimate plan. But we need to realize in seeking my purpose and your purpose, we're seeking God's purpose, the bigger plan, and, and together with discovering God's purpose and our purpose, these things take shape in our lives, and we are people who have direction in life, knowing where God is taking us. So, what is God's ultimate plan? If I gave you the Bible, and I said to you, I want you to find me a scripture, you can pull out any scripture in the Bible. I want you to find me the one that fully describes God's ultimate purpose and plan. And you would begin to think, well, what is it? What is that one scripture? Is it that, that all might be saved? Or is it reconciliation? Or is it that God's glory will ultimately be shown throughout all the earth and the nations? And, and what is it? And as I was trying to find for myself that one scripture to summarize God's ultimate purpose... I came across the writings of a wonderful theologian, and this man uh, is known as Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. How many of you have ever heard of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones? 
both the six of us, okay, <laughs> not too many. He was a great theologian, he went to be with the Lord in 1981, and he was the theologian and minister at Westminster Chapel for over 30 years, one of those pulpits that was re renowned for accurate interpretation of Scripture. And he said the following, he said that God's plan is clearly stated in Ephesians chapter 1. And this is what it says. You can bring it up on the screen. Ephesians 1 verse 10 in the New Living Translation. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Now, would you just let that sink in for a moment? We're talking about what is God's ultimate plan and purpose and I submit to you that there it is, summed up in verse 10 of Ephesians 1. I want to emphasize this again. God has an ultimate plan and purpose, and He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Can we give a hand for God's purpose, His plan, what He is busy doing? And for some of us, maybe we've never seen it quite like this before. But I want to tell you, this is what God is about this is what God is doing, and it includes people being reconciled to Him. It includes all sorts of things that have been broken down by the devil being restored, and it includes the purposes of God's glory, and yes, all these things, but to sum it up in one, He's bringing it all together under the authority of Christ Jesus. I want to say to you, isn't that an incredible plan? It's amazing. It's the awesome plan of God that everything in heaven and everything on this planet will be brought together under Christ. That is what the Bible teaches us. Now, what is the significance of verse 10? You see, the significance is that there used to be a time when everything was in perfect harmony. You realize that? There was such a time. It was in perfect harmony under the headship of Jesus Christ, and that is found in Colossians 1, verse 15 to 20, and also in Colossians 2, verse 10. But that harmony was destroyed. It was destroyed because the devil rebelled against God, and he led many angels in that rebellion, and they became fallen spirits, evil angels. And ultimately, that led to the fall of man. And so, the original perfect harmony that existed with everything in perfect harmony under the headship of Jesus Christ had been broken. And you know what? Even creation itself began to suffer. Even the very earth began to groan and suffer under this curse and under the problem. But you know what? Right there, God set forth a plan in motion. Can I get an amen? He set forth a plan in motion that everything would be redeemed unto himself. And the wonderful thing is that it will never be undone again. When this is all brought together under Christ Jesus, it will never change again. It will never be undone. And so I submit to you today that what matters most in life is God's plan. Won't you say that with me? What matters most in life is God's plan. And so for you and I, as a follower of Jesus Christ, 
I want to tell you the plan of God is paramount. And so I want to ask that this, which might be almost a new discovery in your own spirit today, would you allow it to sink in a little deeper? That ultimately God is bringing everything together under the authority of Christ Jesus. Can I hear a hallelujah? Amen. Amen. Now, number three is that God created you with a definite purpose in mind. Now, firstly, what is purpose? Purpose is defined as the original intent for the creation of something. Let me say it again. It's the original intent for the creation of something. So when we talk about your purpose and my purpose, there's a reason why God created you. God might have created you to influence the medical fraternity, and God wants you to use that ability and those giftings to bring influence there. It might be in education. God has created you and gifted you in that dimension, and God wants to use you in education. It might be in science. It might be in arts and culture. It might be in media, in broadcasting. God places these desires and abilities within us because he wants you to bring his kingdom to that domain. And so when he created you, he had something in mind. He had good works and tasks for you to do. It says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Would you say the word calling? Do you see it there? Would you say the word purpose? You know what, folks? We are very privileged to have received a special calling and purpose. And it was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Can you see the intentionality with which God works? And therefore, we cannot be haphazard in our living. We need to sink in with the purposes, the intentionality of God. And so we are privileged to be called with a very special purpose. It is a holy calling. And your holy calling and your purpose will always contribute to God's bigger plan of restoring everything under Christ Jesus. Otherwise, it doesn't serve God's ultimate purpose. Now, let's take a closer look at your purpose in a few moments and uh, in five little sub-points here. Number one, you were created for God's pleasure. Number one, you were created for God's pleasure. Isn't that lovely that you and I were fashioned to bring Him pleasure, to bring Him joy? Sometimes I think of my own boys and, and how they're 16 and 14 now, and they're full of fun and full of life. And there are moments where they just bring a lot of pleasure. And I'm thinking that God wanted my sons to bring me pleasure, and He's wanting you and I as sons and daughters to bring Him pleasure. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Secondly, you were made to be part of God's family. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God and that is who we are. Do you realize that part of the purpose of life that God has for you is to be experienced in the context 
of a spiritual family. It is part of the purpose. And what a blessing it is to belong to the family. The third one, you were created to become like Jesus. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I remember when I was quite young, somebody said to me, he said, they said the following, John, it's about becoming more like Jesus. And that actually really helped me, that God is at work in our lives. He started a good work. He's going to bring it to a flourishing finish, and He is making us more and more like Jesus. That is part of your purpose, to look more and more Christ-like. It's wonderful. Now, number four, you were created to serve God. Won't you say that with me? You were created to serve God. And this is a big one because this is where your career comes into it, your vocation. And I believe that God places desires in our hearts from a young age. And those desires begin to be cultivated and then we end up finding ourselves in a career, in a vocation that God wants to use us in for the extension of his purpose and his plan. It says in John 17, verse 4, Jesus speaking, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. This is Jesus saying to the Father, Father, what you gave me, my task, I've completed it. It is done. And in the same way that Jesus was given an assignment, I submit to you that you and I have been given an assignment. I ask you today, have you taken hold of your assignment? It's wonderful to take hold of that assignment. And our deep desire should be that we want to finish the work. We want to finish that assignment. And in so doing, glorify God. The scripture which ties in with this is Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. I think of the example of our Chief Justice in South Africa. Chief Justice Mukweng Mukweng, he grew up in the northwest province. He was in a family of poverty. His father was a miner in the Northwest. His mother was a domestic worker. They didn't have much at all. But right in that disadvantaged situation, there was a purpose on the Chief Justice's life, on Mukweng Mukweng's life. <laughs> he wasn't the Chief Justice then. There was a purpose, and God began to stir him with the desire to pursue law and to pursue the judiciary. And today he is the chief justice of our nation. And you know what? He is born again. And Jesus Christ is the principle and the word of God is the principle on which he lives. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? So wonderful. And what is, what is happening right now? God is using that man for a purpose to bring justice to the judiciary. 
And so don't tell me, no, 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 I don't come from a privileged family or I didn't get off to a great start. Neither did the chief justice. But look how God is using him today to stand for righteousness. And number five, you were made for a mission. This is Matthew 28, 19, which says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And I think that speaks for itself. But won't you say this after me? God created me with a definite purpose. Now, please say to the person next to you, you have a purpose. Nudge them a little bit. Say, you have a purpose. Now, number four, living out your purpose brings tremendous fulfillment. Have you thought of that? The key to personal fulfillment is actually purpose. Our fulfillment, our fulfillment in life depends on who we were made to be, fulfilling that, and doing what we were meant to do. And as we do these things, we experience that such joy comes into our lives. Now, let's look at the opening text again. But this time, let's just look at verse 11 and 12. So this is Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. It's on the screen. And uh, this is from the message now. Listen carefully. It says, in Christ, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Does this sound like purposeful living? It certainly does to me. Long before we, heard, we first heard of Christ or got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and in everyone. Notice that every one word. Don't tell me I don't have a purpose in this life. No, no, no. God's given lots of fancy things to other people. I don't have a purpose. No. God's working out his purpose in everything and in everyone. That's why you can say boldly, I have a purpose for living. And so this is so wonderful to see that God hasn't designed us for boring living. He's designed us to excitedly be led by the Spirit of God into the purposes of God. And it says we give ourselves to that purpose that we truly come alive. It becomes exciting. How many of you ever saw the movie Chariots of Fire? I know it's an old one. But in that Chariots of Fire, there's a certain runner, and his name was Eric Little. He was a talented runner, and he believed that God had given him a special ability to run. And this is what he said. He said, I believe God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Wow, isn't that powerful? When I run, I feel the very pleasure of God. And I can say to you in terms of what God has called me, John, to do, when I do it, I feel the very pleasure of God. And there is nothing as satisfying as doing the will of God. Jesus spoke about it in John 4. It's on your screen, verse 32 and 34. And Jesus spoke of doing the will of God as being like food that satisfies us. It says in verse 32, he, Jesus, said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. He wasn't saying I've got a picnic basket that I've hidden in the bushes. No, no, no. I've got something that I do that fulfills me. In verse 34, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I want to say to you today, if you have precious little fulfillment in life, I want to say to you, give yourself more to the purposes of God. 
Give yourself more to the purposes of God and you will discover that your fulfillment begins to grow. I don't have time to go into point number five, but I just want to mention it. Let his mission be your mission. And the scripture says in Acts 13, 36, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers. And you know what, folks, in all this thing of purpose, you and I can even serve our generation. I think of my late father. He served his generation. How did he do that? By helping to be a pioneer of renewal in South Africa. I think of William Wilberforce and how, as an evangelical Christian, he was on fire for God and he said, the slavery trade has got to stop. And he began to serve his generation with that gifting that God placed inside of him. And so say this after me. I choose to live each day with a sense of purpose and a sense of destiny in Jesus' name. Won't you stand with me, please, as we pray together? Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you right now for a sense of your ultimate plan in our hearts that has been refreshed today. And we want to thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. We say that if we have said things like, no, God doesn't have anything for me, or we've broken ourselves down around the aspect of purpose and plan, we repent of that now. And we choose to say that my God has a purpose for me, that He has plans for my life, that He has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans for my hope and my future, and plans to do wonderful things through my life. And Lord, I pray that this message would take root in the heart of everybody that's listening today. And that we would truly begin to seek out your purpose more and more and live with a sense of destiny. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus and we all say, Amen. 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 Let's give the